The Peak Daily is brought to you by our title sponsor, TELUS. TELUS is a leader in social capitalism and believes that to do well as a company, we must also do good in the communities where we live, work, and serve. The $100 million TELUS Pollinator Fund for Good invests in for-profit companies and founders of impact-driven companies to help move the needle on social innovation in Canada through its support of companies generating both business and social returns. Learn more about the TELUS Pollinator Fund for Good at telus.com slash pollinator fund. I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosendahl. And this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, December 15th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Brett, next Tuesday, I believe, is the first day of winter. But importantly, in Toronto, it's already outdoor skating season. Do you do a lot of outdoor skating? I don't do a lot of it. I do enjoy it. I usually go down to like the most touristy places possible though. Like I think there's the, uh, on the harbor front here in Toronto, there's that Natrell Center that you can go skate around. That's fun. A path now. So that's kind of cool. Oh, the Beltway underneath the Gardener. That's also a fun spot. Where do you go? I think you're talking about the Bentway, but I know the what you're Bentway, talking about. Yes. I'm not going to tell you where we go because I like to scope out places that are not crowded, but we have found a place on Sunday mornings that you can play shinny with your kids. So sk- sticks and pucks and relatively empty and boards. And it's really, we've done it three times now. That's a good way to spend a Sunday. That's the most elitist thing you've said in this podcast. Which part? I'm not gonna tell you where I take my kids skating on the weekend because I don't want everyone to find out all the people to find out where it is. (laughs) We live in the West End. It's a Christie Pitts. The rink there is relatively empty on Sunday mornings. Now, screw you, Brett, because now it's going to be crowded and everybody else, stay away. (laughs) All the peak pals are showing up on Sunday for our morning morning skate. (laughs) They can all have those those, uh, laptop stickers that's affixed to their helmets, and then I'll know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett, aside from uh, giving away my skating location in downtown Toronto, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, pills for days. For our second story, instant delivery. And for our third story, EV Nation. For our first story, and not a moment too soon, Pfizer released new results on their COVID-19 pills, and researchers are still concerned that Merck's pill could be too risky to administer Brett. A pill sounds a little bit better than a vaccine, but what's going on with the new COVID drugs? I hate needles, so a pill is definitely better than a vaccine. But here's the background. The FDA has only approved one drug. And again, Jay, I'm going to really struggle with these pronunciations. Remdesivir? Remdesivir, is that correct? Yeah. And so Canada, Health Canada hasn't approved it yet, but the FDA has. And Remdesivir speeds up recovery, but has recently been recalled for contamination. Now there are two new COVID-19 pills, which could help in our fight against the virus. An FDA panel voted to recommend the use of Merck's, oh, another tough one, Molnupiravir, (laughs) but the FDA is still reviewing the applications. It reduces COVID-19 risk by destroying the cells that causes COVID-19, but in the process can also damage healthy cells. The biggest concern is that it could cause birth defects, which does not sound good, and researchers are trying to decide whether the benefits outweigh the risks, in my opinion. It does not, but yeah, I'm not, <laughs> who am I? It doesn't appear to be. Yeah. The next one is the Pfizer pill Paxlovid, which can reduce the need for hospitalization and death by 89% in people displaying early symptoms of COVID-19 if it's administered within the first three to five days. That's according to Pfizer's new research. And best of all, it's effective against the new Omicron variant. Now, Pfizer submitted the results to the FDA and is now awaiting their approval. So, Brett, why should Peak Pals care about the new COVID pills? Well, as concern grows about the impact of the Omicron variant, it is good to know that we have some new treatments that could help us reduce the severity of the virus. Not a moment too soon.
For our second story, Winnipeg-based Skip the Dishes is expanding its grocery delivery business. Jay, what's Skip the Dishes up to? Well, Skip the Dishes is a Canadian version of Uber Eats. We probably all know that. They originally got started in Winnipeg and grew quickly focusing on secondary Canadian markets instead of big cities. The company was acquired by Just Eat in 2020 for $200 million. Now, Skip the Dishes saw massive growth in their overall restaurant delivery business over the pandemic, mostly because you and I were ordering every meal in, but their convenience and grocery delivery services seem to have even grown more with 400,000 of these orders coming in per month. So Skip the Dishes now wants to build 38 dark stores by mid-next year. These stores are essentially fulfillment and inventory centers for grocery and convenience store items. You can think of them like convenience stores in your neighborhood, but they're only designed for deliveries. They look kind of weird. And Jay, you saw a bunch of them in New York, didn't you? <laughs> they're, they're literally on every block, yes. Yeah, and it's these two companies, actually, there's a few companies in, in New York all competing for the market. There's GoPuff and Joker. And now these types of 15-minute grocery delivery services, they've been super popular in the U.S., and now Skip, DoorDash, and local competitors, Good Good and Ninja Delivery, are hoping that it takes off just as much here. So, Jay, why should Peak Pals care about Skip the Dishes expansion? Well, it's not because we're going into lockdown anytime soon, hopefully, Brett, but it's because it's part of a trend of on-demand delivery services pivoting to grocery and convenience store items, which they see as both higher margin than traditional food delivery options and generally good for business. For our last story, Toyota is investing $35 billion in its EV plans. Brett, Toyota seems like the latest to double down on electric vehicles. I think we just had a story last week about Nissan. What is their plan? Well, Toyota has been standoffish about EVs, noting that it would be difficult to make fully electric cars that were also affordable for their consumers, which is odd considering that they kind of invented hybrids. Prius was the first at least widely commercialized hybrid. And in May, Toyota pledged to sell 2 million EVs a year by 2030, a goal that was much less aggressive than some of its competitors, including Nissan, who we talked about last week. But now Toyota is increasing its target to sell 3.5 million EVs a year by 2030. When asked why the change of heart, Toyota cited climate policies announced at COP26 and the Biden administration's executive order to increase EV production as a reason to increase their own targets. So, Brett, why should Peak Pals care about Toyota's EV plan? Well, because it's some of the earliest evidence that government policy isn't only shifting the behavior of individuals, but also companies. By incentivizing companies to offer greener options, car manufacturers are responding to COP26 and the U.S. government with comprehensive EV plans, which is probably good for consumers and good for the planet. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, I thought of a new thing. You should actually be in charge of naming the COVID pills. What do you think of that? Well, we'll get back to you on the next episode. I'll put some thought to it. <laughs> Have a good day, Brett. You too.